Robert. Joseph. How are you today? I'm doing well. Actually, I'm kind of sad. Yeah? Yeah. Because of what we're talking about today? Because of what we're talking about. Yeah. We were just, we started a conversation on it before hitting record, and this is a big one. Yeah. Which which we're going to... Well, and if you read the chapter, I mean, the chapter is just sad. It is? Yep. Yeah. 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 So welcome, everybody, to Beyond Sunday, uh, Joel and Rob's podcast, where we are exploring uh, Bronnie Ware's book, uh, The Top Five Regrets of the Dying. We're on regret number two. We're joined by Flat Joel I missed him. He's my bud. He's been kind of just hanging out in my office uh laying down because i don't know what to do with him and i figured like arab we're the ones who fell in love with him during your sabbatical let's bring him up to the podcast today just we needed a little something behind us good to see you old friend you know but before we get going it's my turn for a tv show theme song so uh last night we were at a meeting together virtually and uh we're texting after the meeting and then it was 9.30, family was asleep, I knew, so I started looking up a song. And I oh, found yeah. cool. And I found a gold mine on Wikipedia, like in um, alphabetical order, just a mass of TV show theme songs. They all really? were there. So I, I started hunting for this. I started to go through. So today we dip into one that I I'm almost positive that you have seen, though I'm not sure you're going to recognize it. Ooh, I love these. It's so I and I need to tease it out a little bit. Oh, so nice. so last night I'm sitting I'm I'm downstairs in our basement after the meeting, just kinda like thinking about this. <laughs> Mr. Burns. Oh <laughs> uh, Excellent. You know, this I, I get excited about these where he knows the the show, but I'm not sure he knows the theme song. So it's instrumental. And I think it was, I think we saw it in reruns, I'm pretty sure. Um, I, think it, I think it was filmed in the 70s, but we saw it in 70s, reruns okay. in the 80s. But if you, I'm pretty sure you saw, you saw this one. I watched it, I, re- I remember my brother and I watching it from 5 to 6 o'clock before dinner at the... Uh, oh, fascinating. At the Strong so, household. Okay, so this was in syndication, but like at a weird time of syndication. Uh, Let's let's see. We make sure this is nice and loud. Here we go. Wait for it. Horse-drawn carriage. Dynasty? Nope. Kids. Running to their parents. Oh! Oh, thank you so much. Uh, is this Little House on the Prairie? Yes! Oh, I would, never, I would have never gotten it without your hands. Yeah, I've seen it, but you're... Oh my, you know me so well, freaking well. I wouldn't have got this myself. I yeah. mean, if you gave it to me, I would have been like, what are you talking about here? Wow. Such a classic... Allison's over there. She's she knew it right away. She She's did. Like, she did. Oh she yeah. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 Uh, M- Michael uh, Langdon. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then what was uh, Laura Ingalls Wilder? I don't, what was her I name? don't know. But I remember my brother and I watching it from five yeah. to six. 
Um, loved that show. Really? Yeah, yeah. You, yeah. It was so relatable to your life in Connecticut. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah. we lived in Farmington, you know, so uh, a thriving farming community. You loved to run through the field with the daisies. Yeah, I love that show. Yeah, that's the only thing I can picture actually is yeah. from, and that's from the theme song, right? The yeah, the like, girl running through the field. All three of them, all like three the kids, I think, are slowly running as they come up in their horse-drawn you know carriage. What? I thought every time I saw that episode, just thank God I live in today. <laughs> I mean, just <laughs> like thank God I live with running water and electricity and television because that looks like hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. That's uh, my unabashed take on Little House. Appreciate you being honest. <laughs> <laughs> so um we're in week two of our series um where we are exploring top five regrets of the dying uh Bronnie Ware again was a palliative care nurse was is uh and these were from her time with patients these were the top five that she experienced so first a little shout out to last week's episode um and uh, we had some great comments and one julie Kays noted um a book she's read recently which she had told me about um recently too when i saw her on homecoming she talks about stephen jenkinson's book die wise Ooh. where she shares this quote which i thought is it gets at the heart of what we're talking about seeing the end of your life is the birth of your ability to love being alive. And I think that is... Can you repeat that? That gets at what we are doing here. Seeing the end of your life is the birth of your ability to love being alive. So to recognize that life comes to an end allows you to take a step back and be more present focus on today die wise thank you julie case yeah Mm. uh so today's regrets number two is um i wish i hadn't worked so hard Mm -hmm. uh so we we've talked about this one even before uh we started looking at this book um and uh, we'll tell the story in a second from the book, but as I was looking it up recently, I didn't see this in the chapter, but it was noted in this article I read where Bronnie said that um, this, she heard this regret from every male mm-hmm. that she spent time with. Mm-hmm. Um, and she said it's still, she heard it from women, but not as much. Partially because of the, there wasn't as much women working who were at the end of life during her time as a palliative care nurse, and she notes that that very well will probably be changing with um, both genders working more. Sure. Um, but it was uh, it was expressed in every single male. Um, isn't that telling? Isn't that telling? And so she in the this chapter she shares the story um of a man who um his wife has retired um he is able to retire financially 
they are ready and his wife is kind of yearning for him to retire so they can go and enjoy their last years together and travel and he can't let go of work um he can't let go and for 15 years he keeps on working until he decides he will he says thanks to a tearful conversation he had from with his wife his wife was in tears he says in one year i will do it and then three months later she's diagnosed with a uh, um, I don't think it says, but terminal disease. But yeah, terminal disease. Um, and his remaining time with her is spent caring for her. But the part that is tragic is um, the rest of his life. He um, lives in regret. Regret for those for those years of um, not letting go of work, and he's able to kind of articulate like what was holding him back um yes. which which I, I would say kind of in a nutshell maybe is in work he found identity he was which is i think probably the number one um reason of why work can be um why that regret is common at the end of life is um, we're able to answer that question mm-hmm. who am I in um, in what we do and in two ways right so um, identity through his occupation and, and he even knows I don't particularly like I didn't particularly enjoy my work yeah but he identified as as that like his identity came through his occupation yep. not ready to give up his identity and then also to his great credit he was able to identify status yes and i liked the status yeah. that my work enabled me to achieve status yep. and it doesn't get into it but i mean read, reading between the lines status in, in your in your social class status yes. in the car you drive status in, in the community in the community how people see how, you exactly how yep. big your house is yeah um the clothes you wear the company you keep yeah um uh none of which none of which he was able to articulate uh, ultimately were were what brought him joy yeah yep you know yep and i think I think his name's John in this chapter. Yeah. He does say, and and Brownie backs it up too, that there's nothing wrong with loving your work. No, like, there's something very healthy about it. Like we, we hope you do love your work. Exactly, we love our work. Um, but oh. he stresses the balance. He says, "I didn't have the balance of work and who am I outside of work." Yeah. Even noting that he was lonely now. Yeah. Since his wife died, he was lonely. Um, yep. And that's the problem with when uh, your identity comes from what you do instead of who you are. Um, because when it's what you do, it's, it's, your identity is predicated on accomplishment. But when it's who you are, your identity tends to be built within relationship. Yeah. Um, and the one the, the previous one 
on what you do, it's you're almost always then, and I've I've done this, uh, so that I, I own this. You're you're constantly trying to chase a um, oh yeah a, a carrot. You know, you're you're you never fully there's, achieve what you want to achieve. No, there's always another accomplishment to be made. Yeah. He didn't retire because the his business was being sold, and there was a big merger, and he wanted to see it through. Um. And so he said he would retire in a year, and his wife didn't make it a year. Yeah. So, um, yeah, there's always something else. Always. That's one of these, that speaks to this, yeah. this regret. And the whole focus of your sabbatical. Yeah. I mean, that's a gift. That's a gift to the whole, whole of us. Yeah. And in, in, in driving that home, that to live life fully, I mean, to live life fully, you have to find that balance. Well, and and I'll, I'll share this. You know, part of what what sabbaticals do for you, can do if you're open to it, is they let you get away from what you do that tells you who you are. Mm. You know? Mm-hmm. And for me, I love being a pastor. And, and I got to kind of take a look and go, ooh, a lot of my identity, who I say I am, is built up mm-hmm. in being a pastor. Um, and so, again, to get back to we are, it's not that we shouldn't love what we do. Mm-hmm. I do love what I do. I love being a pastor, mm-hmm. you know, um, but also um, what's the balance and what's the yeah. boundary, you know? And when you have that, you love what you do more. Yes. I, I've talked before about the what I call the R word, um, resentment. Mm. And when I sense that building up in mm-hmm. me, mm-hmm. I've learned, oh my gosh, okay, it's time to step back and pay attention to yeah. why I'm resenting what I'm doing right now. Yeah. When I'm sitting in my office and I'm feeling resentful that I'm sitting in my office. Mm. Um, hmm, okay, so the balance is off. And let me, let me explore that. Yeah. Or when I have to go to a meeting or uh, who knows what it is. When I'm taking on a project that my cognitive, you know, Cognitively, I recognize there's a lot of value here, and yet, you know, unconsciously, that resentment just begins to build up until you finally, oh, I'm really resentful that I have to do this. Like, what is that? Yeah. Um, when, when, when the balance is there and you're not working too much and you're getting fed through the other aspects of life that bring you joy, um, you know, resentment doesn't build up. Yeah. At least from 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 that balance perspective, mm-hmm. um, and so that I've really learned to pay close attention to that. Yeah, and that's been very very helpful for me. Yeah, and the other thing that I think has been helpful for both of us is is being okay with enforcing boundaries that maybe others aren't okay with. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I'm not going to go to that meeting because I don't have a conflict, but. I need, I need to be home. I yeah. want to be home. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm going to go home. I'm yeah. not going to, not going to be at that meeting. Yeah. You know, and, and giving yourself permission to go countercultural that way. Yeah. 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 Well, and you said it earlier that this is not a quick fix. All five we're going to explore here. It's not a, um, all right, tomorrow I'm going to just master this one, you know? No, mm-hmm. you're going to start hopefully thinking about it a little more and start chipping away at it. Okay, how, how how might this regret 
how might it eventually be manifesting itself in me? Um, and what might I want to do today to take just a step and well said in another direction. So well said. And that's how that's really all we can do with these is to start slowly, you know? Um, so thanks for joining us, everybody. We will be back next week. I'm not even Better than ever. sure what next week's regret is, but I'm sure it will <laughs> I'm sure it'll be challenging us hit, incredibly. Hit, hit you like a two by four across oh, the face. Gosh, I know. Until then, uh, have a great week. We'll see you next time.